0: Welcome to the Filipino American Woman Project podcast show, brought to you by our family on biasboba.com. We're your co hosts, Jen Amos and Nani Dominguez-Smith.
1: After three seasons of sharing stories for Panai's by Panayz, we've gained the knowledge and language to articulate our experiences, and now we're ready to
0: tell our own. As we venture off into the world of business partnership, we want to bring you along for the ride.
1: Keep listening to hear how we explore our Panay identities together as podcasters, content creators, and entrepreneurs. Now, let's
0: get into the show.
1: All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Filipino American Woman Project. We're your co-hosts, Jen Amos and Nani Dominguez smith Nani Dominguez smith I'm going to say your name, your full
0: name from now on. Nani oh my God, I feel like it's my grandma. <laughs> Only my grandma used to call me by my full name, which well, was a different left. name. Welcome, welcome the to day. the show and uh, happy Filipino American History Month. Happy Filipino American History Month, everyone. It's finally
1: here. Yes. And I want to remind our listeners that our podcast episodes now are also available via video. So feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you want to see Nani and I in all our glory, some days one of us wears makeup, other days someone doesn't. And one of those days, this is one of the rare days that I'm wearing makeup and Nani isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's usually the other way around. (laughs) It's like totally the other way around. And I will candidly say that I wore makeup because I didn't wash my face today. And I just wasn't like, I was like, I want to feel pretty when I head out. So that's what I did today. (laughs) But anyway, we are really excited. In the last episode, Nani wasn't able to join me for the pre and post announcements. And so now she's here. And you may be noticing, you're like, Jen, why are you wearing the same outfit? Well, we're also kind of doing this in bulk, (laughs) trying to get these (laughs) pre and post announcements out. And if you're listening via podcast, you probably won't notice the difference. But Nani, let me just get your initial thoughts. How does it feel to, you know, kind of commit doing more video for
0: our viewers and for our listeners? I think it's really fun. I myself am a fan of like vloggers on YouTube and I watch a lot of like moms and families. And, you know, when I was younger, I used to watch more like makeup and hair tutorial Mm -hmm. type videos. And YouTube has just been like one of my favorite, favorite things for so long. So I know we don't really promote it that much, but because also, you know, it's difficult for us to have a stimulating visual (laughs) with our virtual setup, you being on the East Coast and me being on the West Coast. So, yeah, I'm excited to dive into, you know, as part of our revamp of season four of the Tifa Project podcast. I'm excited to also find ways to like spice up our videos for you guys. Yeah. Just because... I do love YouTube, and I do love being on YouTube, and we don't talk about it enough, and so we don't. Yeah, we should put more time and attention into that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it also means that I have to make more of an effort to
1: look presentable on camera. Hey, so
0: or not, <laughs> or not, not.
1: Yes, and so we're showing y'all that we are true, like human content creators here. And this is part of our journey that Nani and I have to do is try to find these pockets of time where both of us are able to really get seated and do these kind of recordings because it's not easy. It's not easy by any stretch. And yet we do it because we love you all. And if you appreciate it, we hope that you all support us on BiasLima.com. You like how I slipped that in there? I did. That was really, really smooth. (laughs) Cool. I'm working on that. I'm working on that. All right, y'all. Well, once again, happy Filipino American History Month. We have actually a very exciting interview today, Nani. You know, in the past years when we would celebrate Filipino American History Month, we would talk about what other... Awareness Months were taking place at the time of the month as well. So, you know, some time ago, we talked about mental health. One year, we were talking about Halloween. And this year, one thing that we have never talked about on the show is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so we are incredibly excited to bring back a dear friend of mine, Jamie Wins, who was on Episode 7 of the Filipino American Woman Project all the way back three years ago. And I know, Nani, you so wanted to be part of this interview, but something happened. I think you were working at that time. I mean, you're still working. But at that time, like you had a conflicting schedule. Look, nothing has changed. <laughs>
0: it's <just so> funny. <laughs> I know, right? How many years later, we're in the exact same, we're rebirthing the show, but doing the exact same motions. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? It is what it is because look at us making it
1: work anyway. And you know now we're able to come full circle. And we had a chance to interview my dear friend, Jamie, who will be talking a lot about Breast Cancer Awareness Month and even her own journey as a breast cancer survivor. So Nani, this being your first time talking
0: to her, what were your impressions about our conversation? I think that we... Went really deep, really fast, and <laughs> naturally talking about Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It was really eye opening for me to just hear bits and pieces of Jamie's story, which mm-hmm. I'm sure she, you know, goes in further detail in her first episode on episode seven that I did miss. The only <laughs> episode that I missed in that first season was hers. So I did feel really bad about that, but also just so grateful that our stars aligned and that I was able to join this one and Mm -hmm. virtually meet her for the first time. So I really enjoyed talking to her. I myself was getting pretty emotional during our conversation and I felt like I could not just stop asking her questions and like talking to her about her experience because she shared some really powerful moments in her journey Mm -hmm. after receiving her diagnosis and kind of how she's tumbled with it since then. So it was really again, eye opening for me to listen to and for me to learn. I learned a lot. And I'm very grateful for our, our connection with her. Yes,
1: I'm so glad. And what you're all about to hear, you're going to notice that I'm not talking a lot. Because I talked to Jamie a lot offline already. And so I wanted to give Nani the opportunity to, you know, avenge her absence years ago. <laughs> Yeah, full on dialogue. So, Nani, thank you for really carrying this conversation. And you all are in for a treat. You know, again, in addition to Filipino American History Month, we hope to create awareness with Breast Cancer Awareness Month as well with Jamie. All right. Well, before we dive into this conversation, we do have a couple of more announcements. As a reminder, with the Tifa Project, we have decided to reinvigorate our Instagram account, the Filipino American Woman, by starting a five day Instagram reflection series. And at the time of this recording, we have already kicked it off. I gave a shout out to a couple of people who are part of this initial group chat last week. And if I do have any other updates, I'll be sure to maybe slip that in later in announcements. But I'm really excited to kick this off, Nani. We have been working on the IG or the Instagram reflection series for some time now. We didn't even know what the name was gonna be until like two weeks ago when we did our pre-announcement recording for our first episode to kick off the Tifa project. And by now by the time this episode comes out, I'm sure we'll have some, we'll have learned a lot already. But I'm curious what your initial thoughts are now that we are kicking off the first group of the Instagram
0: five-day reflection series. My initial thoughts are I'm glad to see both some familiar faces and some new ones. And I think that that is a perfect way actually to kick off the series, you know, with a group of people that are a mix of people, sorry, that mm-hmm. are seem to be more introverted and then more extroverted. And so hopefully we will create kind of a collective energy that inspires everyone to contribute and share and kind of come out of their comfort zone because this is new for all of us. So even for us as the hosts of it, deciding how we want to partake in that conversation, I think is just where my head is at right now as we kick it off.
1: Yeah, it's so exciting. And I have to say, though, that I attempted to download Instagram on my phone and I deleted it right away. (laughs) 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 And I have decided, and this is part of what what I want to educate people in that are using Instagram or that are joining us in this five-day reflection series is that you actually don't have to engage with us mobily. You could actually access Instagram via desktop. And so that's how I'm choosing to engage with all of you is by checking in whenever I'm on my desktop to see how these conversations are going. We do plan on having Patricia mainly managing it. Patricia is our community manager. And we want to make sure that we are mindful of even our own bandwidth, Nani and myself. And so we may not always be responding, but we hope it gives you all an opportunity to engage with each other. And so far, I'm just incredibly, incredibly grateful for um, this initial group of people. And hopefully we already have group two or group three running by the time this episode comes out. So again, if you want to again, if you want to be a part of the Reflection series, it's completely free. You don't even have to respond in the group chat if you feel like you want to self-reflect on your own. But all you have to do is to slide into our DMs. Let us know that you want to be part of this or, you know, contact us in the many, many ways that you can contact us and let us know that you'd be interested in joining the five day reflection series. All right, Nani, moving on. We have so many announcements. It's so
0: exciting. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing about the group reflection series. So just as a recap, again, if you guys are hearing this for the first time and you're like, what the hell is that? we have gotten, you know, since we started the show, we get oodles and oodles of requests for people wanting to come on the show and share their story, essentially. And since we announced that in season four, as we launch off this most recent season, that we are doing a more co-host-centric approach on the show, we still have a long waiting list of people that wanted to be on the podcast to answer these three core questions that we always asked all our guests in the interviews leading up until this point. And so this reflection series is a chance to do that in community with a small, intimate cohort of people, including Jen and myself and our community manager, Patricia. So if, what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say that a lot of people want that experience because they want the chance to reflect on those three questions that we normally ask in our interviews. And so this is a chance for you to do that. It's just won't be recorded and blasted on our podcast platform. Maybe you can help me like verbally articulate that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wait, I think that was great. What (laughs) I'm hearing you describe is like, Part of why we're choosing to do the IG five-day reflection series is because Nani and I are in a headspace now where we want to focus on other projects and conducting these interviews. It does require a lot of energy on our ends to do it. And at the time when we first started, Nani mentions this often, it was a cathartic experience for both of us to hear other people's stories. And throughout the three seasons of doing this, 140 plus episodes later... We are ready to evolve this project, but we don't want to forget where we came from. And part of that is making these signature questions accessible to all of you, especially for those who don't want to be on camera, who don't want to be on the microphone. And we have found this, Nani, with a lot of our listeners. They would prefer to email us novels. You know, private messages. It's interesting because I've been kind of going back to, since this is Filipino American History Month, I'm making an effort to do some throwback articles where we have been featured in, in celebration of Filipino American History Month. And I'm reminded of some of the presentations I did in the past, I would screenshot a lot of these private messages that have been sent to us. And I'm reminded like, wow, like people want to have these conversations. And so our hope is to now do it in a group setting, as opposed to just a one-on-one setting. Back then, you know, when Nani and I had less responsibilities, we had the time to individually respond to everyone. But now, you know, we don't want to keep that to ourselves. Like we want to share that. We want other people to experience it as well. And so this is mainly why uh, we're doing it in
0: a group setting. So does that help explain what you were trying to say, Nani? (laughs) Thank you. Yes, that is what I was trying to say. And yeah, so all the five day Instagram group reflection series is, is just that a series of reflection prompts that you'll receive in the morning. Each day for five days from us, that you have the chance to reflect on individually and then come back and share your reflections with the group or just any thoughts that you had. Otherwise, it's just a chance to elaborate on those three signature questions in your own life and how it applies to you. So, yes, that's all. Thank you.
1: We can move on now. (laughs) Yes. Okay. All right. Next announcement, quick announcement today, if you're listening to this episode first thing in the morning, once it gets released, you actually still have time to join us for our monthly book club. And so our book club is taking place today, Friday, October 21st at noon Pacific time and mountain time, 2 p.m. Central time and 3 p.m. Eastern time. So if you want to still hop on and join us in a couple of hours here, all you have to do is buy us a minimum of one cup of boba. We get notified on our end and you'll be able to get an invitation in joining us. I've been enjoying these book clubs, Nani. It's again, it's, it's the whole learning collectively, learning together. And the book really being the conversation starter of that. I've especially enjoyed hearing everyone's personal perspectives on the book. And also like the respect that we all have to honor each other's stories. It's not a political debate, or it's not even a debate for that matter. It's more like, you know, based on my experiences, based on what I went through, this is how I'm interpreting the book. And I really like that, Nani. I think it's like incredibly important for us to, you know, continue with that philosophy of meet people where they're at and come as you are and observe as you are if anything observe other people as they are and trust that what they're sharing is their story their narrative their truth and to just facilitate a space and to witness that is truly an honor
0: and i'm just incredibly grateful for everyone who's been part of our book club so far yeah same it's kind of like an extension of therapy if you will to just have you know one starting point or one talking point that everyone is bringing a different perspective to like you said I think is really necessary for unpacking, you know, books and stories just so that we can see what we're missing in our own blind spots because if we don't look to others for that then we'll never know it's there. So yes, I love that and I actually got done with the book early and I have been inspired to just like read so much these days that I already read another book by a Filipino author that someone else recommended to me that I will recommend to the book club, although it's completely different, like different style than what we have been reading so far. It's fiction. It's a mystery. And it's written by a Filipino woman about Filipino culture. Well, it's not necessarily about Filipino culture. It's a mystery. So it's just a really good storyline. But it happens to be, you know, taking place in a Filipino family. So Mm -hmm. Sorry, now I'm all distracted about that. But yeah, so then I went to the bookstore and bought more books from Filipino authors. And I'm just like on a roll now and I can't stop. So yeah, yes, the book club has been very inspiring. It's just given me a lot of perspective, like allowed me to zoom out on these conversations or on these books. Like I've read Latinos of Asia once before a few years Mm -hmm. ago, but reading it this time is obviously different because reading anything for the second time is different. You pick up on things that you didn't before. And also having this shared perspective with others who can, again, point me to things that might be hiding in my blind spot that I didn't already notice. Yeah. And I will
1: mention that you know we have been reading this book as a book club for some time now in really the last two to three months. And we are finally wrapping up with it Moving forward, maybe we won't take our time because, you know, as you're recognizing, there's so many books out there. And even for myself, same with you, I recently finished a book also that was actually Jokoi's memoir. So shout out to Jokoi. And I, I sped through that really fast because his story was what he has to share is like really incredible. But, you know, I think what this book club has done for us. Nani is it's helped us exercise our reading muscle. And now we just want to keep reading. Now we just want to keep digesting more books and having more discussions. And so even though this one has felt slow in a way, although I don't think so, but in a way, I feel like maybe we should have read another book right by now. I'm glad that we did it at the pace that we did because we also are anticipating new things ahead in regards to the TIPA project and the direction we want to go with it and who we want to support and who our niche audience is going to be moving forward. So more details on that later. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that is all the announcements we have for today. Everyone, please, please, please enjoy this incredible conversation with Jamie Wins. All right. Hey, everyone. Jen Amos here with the Filipino American Woman Project. And as always, I have my incredible co-host with me, who is also my business partner now, Nani Dominguez-Smith. Nani, welcome back to the Filipino American Woman Project. Hey, everyone. Yes. And we're really excited because we, we have come back with season four of the Filipino American Woman Project with a vengeance, we have decided that what better way to come back than during the month of Filipino American History Month, which is October. And if we hadn't mentioned it already, we'll get into the history of Filipino American History Month. And what is the theme of this year for Filipino American History Month? I do know it's a bunch of anniversaries that are going on right now. And if we didn't say it in the pre recording already, then I'm sure we'll mention it sometime in this recording. (laughs) But Nani, I don't know if you knew this, but Did you know that October, in addition to other awareness months that's going on right now, like I think in the past, we talked about Mental Health Awareness Month. And even in the recent years, we invited Sapphire to join us to talk about Halloween and Filipino folklore. But did you know
0: that October is also known as Breast Cancer Awareness Month? I did in the back of my head, but not in the front of my head. So I do now in the front of my head.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. And so, you know, You and I have talked about how we wanted to make the Tifa project more co-host centric. But for the month of October, we have decided to do a special exception by inviting a former guest who's been on our show all the way back to Episode 7, which came out on July 21st, 2019. So well over three years ago, we have decided to bring back my dear friend, Jamie Wins on our show. And if you haven't heard her episode, go ahead and check it out. I know that we have people in our community who are taking the time to go back to those older episodes. And especially the ones where like, you know, Nani and I when hero didn't exist yet. And you and I were kind of like baby Jen and baby Nani. And so this particular episode is no different. This was the early stages of you, Nani, wanting to co host with me. And unfortunately, you weren't able to make this particular one. So how do you feel being able to come back And actually, finally, talk to Jamie once and for
0: all. (laughs) I know. It feels like everything is coming full circle because it was, I think I joined, started co hosting episode six. And then episode seven is the only interview out of like 130 plus interviews that I actually missed. So it does feel good to be coming back full circle. And especially given the context of like, we're not doing this every week anymore, like we were at that time. At that time, we were interviewing people like, you know, frivolously. So now that the show has like gone through this whole evolution and like kind of transformed into something totally different, it feels good to kind of return home.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Returning home. It's amazing. (laughs) So without further ado, we're kind of talking around her, but she's clearly on screen with us. So Jamie, welcome
2: back. Welcome back.
1: To the Filipino American Project,
2: ladies, hello Nanny and Jen. Thank you. I appreciate that you um, invited me again, and it's very timely because this is my advocacy. So I'm so honored to be back, and yeah, this is really, really exciting. It's a double, double target for yeah. me: Filipino American Month plus the Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So, thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yes. We're so happy to have
1: you. And just as a reminder to our listeners, if you want to listen to that original episode that uh, Jamie and I did back in July 21st, 2019, that is Episode 7, which is titled Day by Day, Appreciate What You Have, Being Grateful and Enjoying Your Life with Jamie Wins. Now, even though I imagine that so much has changed in the last three years, Jamie, I also feel like not a lot has changed. And what I mean by that is is your general gratitude for life, your general optimism and youthful spirit and, you know, desire and lust to just live your life. Did I get that right? Like, has that changed for you in the recent years? Um, Or are you still at that level of, yes, I'm
2: still winning. Jamie is still winning. It's been an up and down journey, Jen, because I do appreciate life a lot more. The little things that usually people take for granted, like having energy in the morning is already like, Yay for me because my treatments really, you know, suck my energy. So there are days when it's really bad and so the littlest of the things that just keeps me going is like wow, I'm just so thankful. So sometimes I think people look at me like god, she's so like overacting, but I'm like no, I mean it because you you won't feel it until it's gone, you know? Because I think people just take life for yeah. granted, energy, memory, all these little things that People can usually do. For me, it's just a luxury now. Like, if I have it, if I have my good day, I am just, wow, thank you, thank you, God, thank you, God. I say it over and over. But there are days that, I mean, like, of course, like I show appreciation, but I could be very extreme because there are days when it really sucks. And I hate it. Like, I hate life. I hate myself. I hate everything. So I have those moments. I mean, I think over time, I just got better at controlling the extreme high and low. So it's become like, you know, down days, a little down. And you know, I just take it easy, just make art, cuddle with my cat. So I just really like, understand and love myself on those days, I've gotten better. Mm -hmm. But during the three years, oh my god, I had moments where I just feel like I'm cursed or I get I feel bitter with other people who are like living the life at my age. And, you know, I go on the victim mentality like, why me? You know, look at her. She's all great. And me, I'm like this. Like, I don't deserve this. So it's time really helped over time. The experience that I had just made me get better at handling all these emotions that come with a breast cancer diagnosis. So to answer your question, I'm still here, meaning like I still come back up, but I do go low, but now it's not as extreme low. I think I'm getting better at handling it.
1: Yeah. Nani, I wanted to turn it over to you. What are your initial thoughts, you know, hearing about Jamie and, you know, just her experience of, you know, her cancer journey? Like, was there anything in what she shared that resonated with you?
0: Yeah, a lot, actually. I really appreciate just your candor and Like you said, when people meet you on the outside, they might have this impression that you're like, you know, just so happy all the time and, you know, nothing can faze you. And, you know, the motivation is just always there. And you're here to say, like, no, I'm I'm human. You know, I experience ups and downs. And maybe given the situation that you've been thrust into, you know, with your diagnosis and everything has kind of forced you into a space of learning how to cope and manage those ups and downs in a way that you wouldn't have learned otherwise. And it makes me think about an article that I was reading this morning, actually, that was just talking about philosophy in general and how we're not supposed to be happy all the time. You know, that's not the human experience. The human experience is not about like how success is not being happy all the time or maintaining happiness or achieving that 100% of the time. It's how you play a bad hand of cards, you know? it's how you manage your stress. It's how you manage these things that inevitably, you know, in one way or another are going to put obstacles up in your life. Everybody has them no matter what they look like. And for you dealing with something so large and so serious and so daunting, you know, to to just put it plainly and still have that attitude and be like a leader of that kind of mindset is really, really mind blowing. And Inspirational in itself, you know, and to hear more of the side of like, no, I do have hard days, you know, on the the days where I have treatment. Maybe you don't hear from me as much because I'm not recording podcasts. I'm painting art, or I'm finding other ways to release that. But still, you take everything with a grain of salt, and you're saying like, you know, when I have a bad day, I just take it easy. I'm not hard on myself. I'm just I'm learning how to love myself
2: through that. And I think that that is really beautiful oh thank you thank you I appreciate that yeah and in connection to what you said actually yesterday I was at the library because I do work part-time the public library and my colleague is an HIV and diabetes survivor so he has both right and and so we can relate in so many levels when we talk and he's the super happy gay guy like super happy you will never think that he has stuff going on when you meet him at the library, he's like our happy mascot, like always smiling at everybody. And, and we had, we did have a talk because he saw that my energy is a little low yesterday. And I told him I came from the hospital this morning. And every time I go to the hospital, it's a very low vibrating place. So I always try to shield yeah. my energy, but sometimes it gets to you to see all these critical patients. And, you know, it's just a, I just, Sometimes can't help but feel scared that, oh, this is going to be my end. Like, is, is that how I'm going to look like yeah. in the end? So I get too far in yeah. the future and I have to really like pull back and be like, okay, Jamie, let's, you're not there. <laughs> I'm here, we're here. So let's stay here, focus on now. And so I confessed to him about that fear. And then he said, you know what, Jamie, you should just learn how to live with life's realities. We cannot erase death sadness all these things that people think is bad like labeling it as bad or oh negative like it's it's real so you just you smile at it like it's there but it's like you know imagine like we're here in the library right and all these patrons some of them we don't like but we have to work with them so we can't tell them to like leave the library this is a public library they have the right to stay and do what they want as long as they're not disturbing anyone but they're there So that's the way he told me, like, that's how I see my diagnosis. It's there, you know, hopefully it goes away. But if it doesn't, then it's there and I'll just do my thing. I'll still dance. I'll still smile. So don't think it's going to be perfect. He told me, like, I know that you're such a perfectionist and you want everything. You know, you're very detailed. So I think you want to perfect it. Like, I don't want to have cancer. I don't want to have any problems. I'm always happy and beautiful and blah. So he's like, but the reality is, you know, life is like that. Like it's, you have good days, bad days. It's not perfect, but you just live with it and do your thing anyway. Yeah,
0: you're here. You're here anyway. And I think the real gem in that, that you've taken and really embodied is not your ability to just, you know, smile and be happy all the time, no matter what's going on, but your ability to pull yourself back to center and like, ground yourself in that reality in the midst of these really like, you know, that is scary, even just to hear you talk about it. Obviously, I have not done the treatments myself. So I'm not familiar with the environment. But to hear you talk about it, I can feel it. And so for you to be able to pull yourself back to center in those moments and ground yourself in what is your reality and still smile through it is like, it's just, it's unbelievable. Thank you. it's not easy but
2: (laughs) but you know yeah but you model it very well and you learn to yeah to live with it I like what my colleague said like you just live with it and you know just it's like an annoying person in the room that you can't show away so you just mind your own business and dance anyway and
0: Oh, That's what I was going to say about the article I was reading. It gave the analogy of like, you know, stars in the sky would not shine so bright if it wasn't for the darkness that's in back of them. And so you need that darkness in life to kind of contrast your happy experiences, which is what you were saying in the beginning about, you know, when I have a good day, or even if I just wake up one morning with energy, like I'm so grateful for that and not like, overdoing it but truly truly grateful for that because it offsets those dark days yes
2: i'm gonna quote that yeah. on twitter i love that yeah Stars i will, will find the article and, the i will darkness.
0: find it in Woo! exactly yeah yeah that really that's exactly beautiful. what you're when you were talking remind me of
1: <laughs> yeah i just love listening to you both talk and in addition to all the things that you shared nani it reminds me of one of my favorite psychologists, Jordan Peterson, who I heard him say this the other day. He said, "You know, happiness is such a low bar to set for your life. Like achieving happiness is such a low bar because life is suffering. We're not on heaven. This is not heaven. This is a broken earth." And he was speaking more in secular terms, but that's how I kind of interpret it in my head in regards to like speaking from a faith-based perspective. It's like this is not heaven. This is not intended to be Happy. It's not intended to be all that. It's like what you both were saying. It's like you learn to live with whatever is causing suffering. And for you, Jamie, what you're dealing with is physical. With other people, it could be something else. It doesn't have to be physical. It could be emotional. It could be mental. It could be something else. Like I do believe that we all have that thing that we feel like we're stuck with. We feel like we have to deal with. For me, that's my husband. No, <laughs> kidding, not kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, <laughs> don't get me started.
1: With. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: See? I have to hide in the middle there. Yeah, I have a husband and a cat, yay <laughs> me. And a dog. That's great. Yeah. In fact, Mauser, my cat's actually uh sleeping here in bed right now. He's he's sleeping on my side of the bed. I don't know if Ori does that for yes. you, Jamie. Just like takes up your bed when you're not there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, that's sort of what comes to mind for me when I hear you both talking. It's like you just learn to deal with the suck, you know, like that life is dealing with the suck. Now, I know that we just dove straight into this conversation and how you've been just doing life with kind of this permanent roommate that you have of cancer. I want to also I want to kind of go back a little bit and talk about the fact that it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And as I mentioned before, we never really talked about it on the show. And and I feel like it's something that I'm surprised we haven't brought it up considering how this is a show of Filipino-American women and women in general. Really, the fact that it is very women-female based. And so, Jamie, I'm curious from your perspective, what does Breast Cancer Awareness Month mean for you? And considering that it is an awareness month, what do you want people to be aware of in regards to breast cancer? So those are the two questions. Does that make yes. sense?
2: The Breast Cancer Awareness Month, in a personal level for me, is so significant because I officially got my diagnosis October 15, 2016. So it's so timely that it's on October and I was so oblivious about cancer. I was living my life when it happened. I never thought it would happen to someone like me. It was just some, something I see in the movies, film. TV, reading books, or hear from people who know someone. So I think October really is a very emotional month for me because of that discovery. And at the same time, it so happened that it's also a breast cancer month. And it really means a lot to me in a sense that I just always reflect on my mortality this month, because that's the month I count how long have I been surviving. I don't try to think about it. I try to just, again, day by day, don't look back. Let's focus right here, right now. But I can't help but have so many triggers seeing all these pink ribbons and all these, you know, um, publicity about breast cancer and all these sponsors start giving gifts for me, for my social media content. And I've learned to get better at it again because I remember when... I was just maybe two years in the diagnosis. It's so triggering for me. Like October just feels it feels like I'm feeling pressured to like, oh, I have to be happy, wear pink. Let's be strong. You know, like, ah, oh, let's party. I'm like, what what do you mean party? Like, I'm not giving birth. I'm there's it's not Mother's Day. It's not like I'm I'm not celebrating having a disease. So I I don't want to join the bandwagon. So for a while there was that resistance that I feel pressured to just ride that wave and me I'm very you know I'm an artistic mind and creative so I always question things I'm always thinking like why do I have to wear pink what's the point you know and they haven't found a cure and there's so many billions of dollars getting invested in all these activities where does it go so I'm always thinking about these things so in the beginning it did uh, feel a little triggering but again maybe I came from the acceptance that this is life this is the order of things this is you know just like how we have Christmas how we have Mother's Day Father's Day like I can't erase history this is how it is so it's either I join and make the most of it or sulk in one corner and deny the world and shut down the whole October so now I'm learning to use my voice like people look up to me I think I should be more responsible because there was a time when I did a vlog about it that I sounded so bitter about like I don't like to wear pink and why is there no cure? So, I did some bitch out vlog about it. And now I'm learning to humble down like, Jamie, come on. You know, people look up to you. You have followers who get strength and inspiration and hope from you. So, I have learned to reframe my mind about accepting it that once in a while I do have to mm. be a part of it. I cannot completely erase it because it's part of me. It, it is. I am a survivor. So, I can't just eradicate that fact so at least once a year I should give back and this is a good time to do it and your second question about what people should be aware of is that proactivity can lengthen your life because if you catch the cancer early you still have a better shot at getting treated and actually being cured there's a possibility that it won't come back for a while if You catch it at a very early stage when it hasn't spread. And so people, at least if it happens to be once a month, then so be it. But, you know, check your breasts, make sure to do some self-exams because this is a good reminder, like, okay, the pink ribbon is there as a reminder that maybe I should just, you know, touch my boobies and see if there's something that feels funny or investigate. And at the same time, I think. I would love for people to see cancer survivors in a different light. It's not just all pink and party party. I think some people just don't get that part. Like they just think it's it's a celebration. Like it's not a celebration. It's more like support. Like I think we need support, not celebrate. Like there's really nothing to celebrate about having a disease, but more like maybe once a month, this is the time to remember a cancer survivor and just maybe donate anonymously to someone doing treatment or... That's what we need, like not celebration, but the actual support doesn't have to be monetary. It can just be, I don't know if you know someone who has cancer, send them flowers anonymously and say like, you know, I'm I'm grateful you're still here or some like a little something that will just make them feel like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's great that I'm still here, that I'm, I'm still alive. So I think, yeah, some people just don't see that part. Yeah, there's a lot of misinterpretation in the cancer world and on october i do feel different emotions either they celebrate like oh party party pink marathon you know or or they just like pity you and i'm like can can we just be in the middle like just support like no pity no party (laughs) just be neutral so yeah so october can be very challenging for survivors because I do talk to other survivors and I always ask you know try to fish like what do you think about October the whole pink ribbons and ev- I, I don't meet any survivor who tells me honestly like I love it like everyone's like oh it's pressure like oh, they're all expecting us to join the marathon and I don't know we're pink and <laughs> so we all have the same idea about it it's just that but it's, it's part of the societal norm. Like, that's how it, it's set. So we just go anyway. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think at the very least, they are creating awareness. And I don't know the whole reason why they chose pink. But I imagine that it tries to put a kind of like a lighter note on such a, a sad diagnosis. Yes. So maybe this is their way of kind of like polishing it up a little bit and making it cute and celebratory. Yes. But, you know, considering how I don't have it myself, I can only imagine like what it means for you every time, you know, this month comes around. And it's like, oh, there's the pinks, there's a celebration, there's the 5Ks, there's, you know, all these things. And it actually kind of reminds me of, you know, I work in the military space. And whenever people say, thank you for your service to like a veteran or whatever, a lot of them actually kind of like resent that because it's like, it almost seems like you're kind of blowing them off. Like you're you're kind of putting them in a box, like, oh, you're a veteran, thank you for your service. And I, and I think for you, it, it kind of sounds like, The way that people are kind of reacting to you or treating you, I think it's well intentioned. At the same time, at
2: the same time, it yeah, yeah, and you know that. But at the same time, there's. I think people have the best intention. Like they want to help, they want to cheer you on. So I know that it's really coming from a good place. But I think because of the lack of education, maybe or awareness or something, like it just comes off wrong sometimes for us. But We can't blame people too. Like they don't, they don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's it's kind of like just saying this this comment as it's like they're just saying I don't even know what people say to you, Jamie. Like, what do they say? What do they normally say to you if they know you have cancer? Do they say, "Oh, I'm sorry," or you know? And whatever they say, it's kind of like it almost seems like it's a I wouldn't say a cop out, but it doesn't feel like it's enough, is what you're saying. Like maybe if they can actually befriend you and do life with you and laugh with you and do things with you as opposed to just kind of. Making these comments, you know, it's almost like saying, Hey, happy anniversary. And then that's kind of it. But, you know, you don't really actually celebrate the anniversary. So, yeah, it just seems like a very, uh, I feel like I'm at a loss of words. And I'm I'm glad we're having this conversation because, in a way, it helps me try to find those words. (laughs) Nani, I want to turn it over to you, see if you had any thoughts.
0: Yeah, I think I get what you're trying to say, Jamie. It's like, you know, people mean well when they try to either participate or acknowledge October as Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But for people that actually have breast cancer, you can't help but also have that like twinge of pain or a reminder of some kind of suffering or bad time, especially for you since that was the time of your diagnosis. And so already that time of year is triggering f- for you. On top of that, now you have all these like strangers on social media, you know, like you said, donating to you or engaging with you in in whatever way and what I'm kind of hearing when I hear you speak is that it feels more performative than it does like genuine, you know, like maybe this organization is donating to you so that you can be part of their stats on how much they support, you know, this initiative. And to them, it's just that an initiative. And to you, this is your life. So I can imagine like the disconnect, I guess, that you must feel during this time of like, oh, yes, I do want to You know, first of all, acknowledge it. And like we were talking about before, invite this like, mean, ugly thing in my life in and learn how to be with it, you know, and also promote that to others as like a mindset in general. And in case they know anyone with breast cancer to just give them visibility into the experience. But also it's like, ooh, it kind of forces you to go back to that place where it's like, this is when my life changed, you know, like, and kind of reliving that, I guess, through the month. So I just want to acknowledge that that must be really difficult. And thank you for being here to have this conversation with us anyway. And at least we have like your book to talk about, your two books to talk about and things that resources that you're actually creating to be that change that you want to see. Like you say, instead of celebrate someone, you know, with breast cancer, how about you figure out a way that you can actually be of support to them or make them feel grateful to still be here or appreciated or just thought of, you know? Yes. So yeah, I hope that that's a good synopsis of what you were trying to say. Yes.
2: You got <laughs> it right, Nanny. Perfect. Okay. Like feel appreciated, feel really supported. It, it can be in a very simple way, but but genuine. Like it's not because... It's so genuine. It's yeah. not because you're right. Like it's not because, oh yeah, like it's just a blab. Like, oh yeah, well, good for you, whatever or yeah, send the product, but it's, yeah, I'm an ally. Yeah. Send the product, but it's just, yeah. So I can tag you, but it's not. So what about me? Like, what does it do for me? You know, like, yeah, I get some pink ribbon basket and you know, it's, yeah. So so there's a borderline with a consumerism thing. So I understand that, you know, it's a support, but sometimes it goes beyond the intention. Like my, that's my question. Like, what's your intention of doing this? Is it to support or to promote your brand? Or so you look, like oh I'm a good person because I'm helping. Like I get credit. Exactly, So I'm like well, yeah. you know you you can can that it just be unconditional? <laughs> you know can it just be? It's a one time thing. You know it's I'm not expecting a monthly support. It's just an October. So yeah, well said. Yeah, well said. Well, can, I'm glad you you guys like yeah. got the idea of how we truly feel. I'm just speaking on behalf of. Of course they're gonna deny it. Like most people don't wanna talk about cancer, so they would be like oh no that's fine, but. When I, I've been to so many support groups and when I talk about, I ask House October and the pink ribbon, everyone just like, (laughs) very awkward, but you know, we got to do it. So yeah. 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 We got to like show up for
1: it because they dedicated a whole month for us. So yeah. (laughs) In most of our private conversations, I know that cancer is one of those things that we almost quickly check off our list before we talk about everything else that's going on in your life. All the fun things, and in my life as well. It's a, we, I really love, you know, sharing our creative journey with each other. And so it's interesting how, you know, I know that your prior life in the Philippines was very public. You were known as Jamie Joaquin, and there was a lot that came, you know, with that name and the reputation around it. And so. I'll let you kind of speak on that more if you want to. But what I really want to talk about is the reason why you're here is not just because you can talk about Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but also because you are doing something about it, as Nani had hinted at with your books. And also one of the things that I want to mention is with your ties to the Philippines, like having been a former celebrity there, you actually recently came back. You came back to the Philippines a couple of months ago to work on a documentary called Beautiful Scars which talks about breast cancer awareness in the Philippines. And so could you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like to go back to the Philippines and bring this kind of awareness over there and kind of come back in that capacity as a former celebrity?
2: It was actually very traumatic for me to come back because of what happened to me there. I did not expect that I will experience a serious recurrence while I was there. So the objective is go there and start marketing and networking because of the books and, you know, the documentary that I want to produce. So I was there for my loved ones and for the passion projects that I want to push. But for some reason, the cancer just went ballistic when I was there and I was mostly admitted the whole time. I didn't have insurance in the Philippines, so I was paying out of pocket and I was asking Uh, through social media for some donations. And luckily, I have people who did help financially as well. I mean, my family could afford it. It's just that it's a lot. And I'm digging through my education fund for my niece and nephew. So I try not to touch it. So when that happened to me, it's like, wow. So this is what it's like to be a cancer patient slash survivor in the Philippines because I've been getting my treatments here in America. So I'm always just the speaker in behalf of a Filipino woman, but I never actually got to be in their shoes. Like if you're actually in the Philippines and you're going through cancer, how does it feel like? So I actually had the first experience and oh boy, it was sad. It was very heavy. And I think all the more I got pushed to like, oh my God, I have to do something. I have to give awareness, create this documentary so people can really see the reality of the breast cancer landscape in the Philippines, you know, because it's just very far from like America. And I came here every day just thanking America and my medical team in prayer every single day. Like now I just never complain about anything because before I would be like, oh, you know, I'm I'm somebody in the Philippines, and here I'm just working at the library. Blah blah blah. You know, the whole ego is just trying to like wanna come out again. And you know, I feel like I'm I'm a I'm an entry level here, and in the Philippines, I'm somebody, I'm a VIP. And then, but that happened to me is like, all right, all right, go. I think that's God's way of saying, go. Let's see. And then when it happened, I was just silence. I was just okay, oh my God, I am so lucky to have the treatments happening in the US and how efficient it is here. I saw the difference, the major difference of how effective it is here, how systematic it is. So yeah, the Philippine trip, although the documentary became so real because of that, because of the trip, because the idea is only for me to host it, to be like the spokesperson, but I actually got involved in the documentary because they documented that I got admitted twice and I could barely speak because I was coughing and I had a 50-50 scare because I had like a high fever and that was dangerous. And if I'm not able to fly back here, I don't think I'll still be here. Honestly, even my onco was so nervous here that you got to fly back if you can't, like, I don't know if you can make it. So I was just woo, (laughs) really like having this Adrenaline of like, oh my God, like maybe this is the final weeks or months. Like, I, it really came to me. And that's not the first time, but this one felt more real because the other scare I had, I was still here. So I still felt like, oh, there's clinical trials. I can fly to New York and go to Sloan Kettering. So I have like all these ideas while I'm here. But Philippines is like, if you can't make it, like, uh, I mean, next option is fly to Singapore, but that's going to cost a lot of money because I don't have the, insurance. So, wow. I think it was such a humbling experience to be home and to actually experience. So I can just imagine the survivors there that have no option because I I flew here. So, okay, you know, I got to, you know, I got to get out of Titanic. There's a boat, but how about them, you know? So, and I did, I was able to interview a few survivors for my documentary there when I still wasn't admitted. And I just don't know what to say because I was looking at them and they're telling me their stories. And, you know, they get up at 6 a.m. to fall in line in the public hospital only to get admitted at 12 for a simple one hour chemo. And they have to bring their syringe in case the public hospital doesn't have some. It's just, I was just listening to them. I'm like, are you serious? I drive five minutes to my hospital and I walk in, boom, I have my port. I don't need syringe. Back. After one hour out, I can go to the beach after. It's like, it's just an, a two hour of my day. But with them, it's like the whole day is just spent to get treatment because of, you know, lack of resources. And and if you're not wealthy, they you're not prioritized. So... It's only the really rich and well-connected people who get the VIP treatment, which I luckily had, not because I'm super rich, but because I have rich friends in the Philippines. So they, you know, back me up. Like, you know, I, I just brigaded on social media that, guys, I, I need, you know, connections for this hospital. And, you know, everyone just like found their connections. But what if what if you don't? What if you're just a regular citizen and you get sick? And, oh, wow. I just... After that, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm in America and I am blessed. Like, I'm very, very blessed to be here. And I will do everything I can to try to give back. Like, I know it's not my responsibility, but I just feel compelled to do it. Because, wow, like, wow, I just, I'm lost for words. Seriously, guys. If you see the documentary next year when it comes out, you'll know what I'm talking about. Because I just, when I do the interview, I just couldn't react with what they're going through and they're still alive because they want to live. So they, they take it. They take the blow and no one is doing anything. Yeah. because, they, Well, that's just a developing country. So what can we do really? They have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Hey, everyone. We are going to take a quick break here from our conversation to give you the latest update on what's going on with the Tifa project. If you have been following our show season four since the beginning of Filipino American History Month, here in October 2022, you'll know that we have been implementing these free five-day reflection series on Instagram for anyone who is interested in engaging with Nani and myself and our fellow listeners on Instagram. And now what we want to share with you is another potential opportunity if you have been involved in our five-day reflection series, or if you have been involved in our IG five-day reflection series, or you are a content creator, a storyteller, an author, and you're looking to be around like-minded people. Well, Nani and I have something really exciting to share with you all. We are planning on building a mastermind for our fellow storytellers, content creators, and authors who want to share this journey with other storytellers, content creators, and authors. And we haven't flushed all the details out yet because we want to put together a focus group, which is another word for free <laughs> for anyone who wants to, you know, be in community with Nani and I, as we too are content creators, you know, podcasters, now entrepreneurs, to create this first mastermind group for the Tifa project. And so Nani, I want to check in with you and like kind of hear your description, How, help me articulate it <laughs> better than, than what I'm trying to say right now in regards to this mastermind coaching program that we haven't named yet that we are anticipating.
0: Sure. Yeah. In our last episode, I think we announced that we were entering into business partnership together. And so what we're trying to say now is in the process of building that business, we are sticking to our true Traditional TIFA fashion of inclusivity and really valuing your guys' feedback and also just your connection and collaboration with us as you like walk alongside with us through this journey. This is our first time doing it. We don't claim to know what we're doing, we are figuring it out as we go. And we've now decided to open that process up again to include whoever would like to be a part of it with us. So, whether you're a fellow, you know, startup author, entrepreneur, storyteller, content creator, or an already established one, you have access to join us again, as we start out on our journey and give us direct feedback and also join a group of others of the same that can do that for you as well. The Tifa project has really been about like personal growth. And this new chapter of our story is about professional growth. And so We're turning to our community to do that. So we hope you join us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if there's anything that I've come to learn for being self-employed for the last 12 years is that it's tough doing it alone. I am very fortunate today to be working with my husband in our business. And I have been very fortunate to now pursue this endeavor with you, Nani, with our business together. And I do believe that you just can't do this journey alone. And so if you are kind of that solo entrepreneur, and you're tired of doing it alone, and you want to do this in spirit of community building and doing it together with your TIFA family, feel free to reach out to us. All you have to do is check out any of our contact information in the show notes of this episode. You can email us, jen at tifaproject.com or nani at tifaproject.com. You can text us, 415-484-8329. Or you can find us on Instagram, of course, where we're currently having our five-day reflection series. There's a lot of ways to reach out to us. Most importantly, what matters is that if you want to be in community as you grow your business, as you tell your story, we would love to walk with you, is what we're saying. So reach out to us today. We'd love to hear from you. We do have a waiting list right now for the focus group. So we'd love for you to get on it. And we're excited. We're excited to learn more about you and your story and your business and whatever you're doing. And we hope that you would love to grow with us because we are actively figuring this out together, figuring out as we go. And I think it's more fun when we're able to do it with other
0: people. So all right, Nani, that's all I, we have to share for now. Let's go ahead and jump back into our conversation. Yay. <laughs> you have no choice. It's truly in that situation. It's truly in God's hands. Yes. You know, and I think that that is just so scary to hear about. And here in America, you know, there's levels to privilege. So what we're talking about here is privilege. The difference between the health system, you know, here in America and in the Philippines. And like you said, in the Philippines, it's so different. You know, even you, someone who has been through the down downs and the high highs and, you know, the whole roller coaster here, it was still such an eye opening, humbling, like you said, experience for you. Yeah, that's very touchy. I'm like trying not to cry <laughs> because it's really, really making me emotional. But yeah, I don't even know where I was going to go with that. But I was thinking about layers of privilege and maybe how that ties into the idea of, you know, people that don't have that awareness, what October is supposed to be about for Breast Cancer Awareness Month and not this whole like, let's do a run, let's donate to this organization. Let's, you know, do these performative things. But again, bringing it back to how can I genuinely authentically participate in this? And like for you, you know, even while you were there trying to say, ooh, let's highlight this right now let's highlight these women and their stories even when you didn't know what to say to them you know is i think that is the epitome of all we can do <laughs> because it's just such a monster that it's so unpredictable and to have a lack of resources like that when your life is on the line and to be treated as kind of just like oh we'll get in line and you know hopefully we can get to you today is a very scary
2: thought yes totally and that's why I think Jen asked me earlier, what do usually people say to me? That's why when I talk to Filipinos, mostly, especially if they're you know from there or they just came here recently, they're not really like born and raised here. That's all I ever hear them say, like, oh, I'll pray for you. You know, it's always about God because they just think that's it. Like God is the only <laughs> God is the only solution for you. You know, because I think in the Philippines. That's what I will say, too, because it's like, what do you say? Like, what do you really say to someone who doesn't have the riches and the connections and can only afford a public hospital? Science
0: and technology. Yeah, you just, you know, just
2: pray. Like, we just have to have faith that, you know, it's going to work out. So now I I get it. Because before in the beginning, again, you know, I was being too arrogant when I was younger, when I was, you know, before the, the awakening of this cancer thing, I... I don't like it when people say that to me when I say my diagnosis, because I just feel like it's a cop out. It's like, oh, you just want to toss it to someone up there. Like, oh, I have cancer. I'll pray for you. Bye. So it's like, really? Like, you don't want to hear me out or do something? Yeah. But I get it now. Again, like my mind opened up, especially if it's a Filipino. Because that's
1: because
2: I was left speechless, too. And I was talking to these ladies that I was interviewing. So, yeah, it does makes sense now like everything is teaching me like what it is it's just the way it is sometimes yeah, yeah.
0: you know what i also and then jen you can talk because i know i'm talking a lot so sorry <laughs> oh, no, I'm, but, I'm good um, i'm hanging <laughs> out no Go i ahead. think I just, what i appreciate most about your story and well really about you jamie is your commitment to growth like No matter what position you're in, even in those moments when you're in the Philippines and you're like, oh shit, like, is this it? You know, like really getting scared for your life, even in those moments, like, you're still able to pull yourself back to center. And, you know, I'm sure you were so scared and I'm sure you were, you know, going through all kinds of negative emotions, but still you were focused on, okay, let's tell your story. You know, let's document this. Let's create something out of this. Let's share this. And also, just recognizing that like your level of self-awareness, your commitment to growth is really what is the most admirable thing about this whole story is you just refuse to stand still. Thank you.
2: Thank you. I try my best. I can attest to that. (laughs) I try. I try because I want to be a very good contribution to the world. I want to leave a very beautiful legacy. So that has been my plan. Like I said, like, I want to make sure that if I do exit at some point, I don't know when, hopefully for a long time, but when it does happen, I would love that people will look back and say, oh, wow, she did live a very great life. And she did a lot of contribution and inspired people and shared the story that opened doors for other people or women or cancer survivors to thrive. So that's the goal. Yeah. And you're already doing that. He, he will yeah. i know he will provide he will make it happen i just trust so
0: yeah no it's it's already happening you've already done so much and you know contributed so much and given so much of yourself even and yeah there's i think that again your commitment to growth that really requires you expanding your perspective and continuing to do that and even after going through your own experience to even then see you know, juxtapose your experience to people in the Philippines and the the health system that they have to work with is expanding your perspective. You know, it's still you're still continuing to grow in that even after you thought you've seen it all and you figured it all out. And now you're here to tell your story. It's like, oh, no, there's more.
2: A lot more. Oh, my God. That's why I think it it's what actually keeps me living, Nani. When people ask me, like, what drives you to just keep living. And I said, that's it. Because I I feel like the world is so big and I still have a lot to learn, a lot to try, a lot to meet. I just, I'm like a kid still. I still feel like I haven't reached it. So maybe that's what's really like making me fight and like, no, I can't get down yet. Like I'm not done. Like I, there's so many things, you know, I'm just learning how to write a book. I'm learning how to do a documentary. I'm learning about living in America. So. Yeah, it is exciting. I think that's what really just pushes me on those bad days where I would wake up and the treatment sucks. And I, I say, like, come on, just, we got to just type at least one paragraph for the book or, you know, make some art or jot down notes for possible content. And yeah, it's been a a
1: yeah. good
2: journey so far.
1: Yeah, thank you both. I'm not really talking because I talk to Jamie all the time, yeah. so I, I wanted Nani to give yeah. you the opportunity to yeah. to pick her brain and you know share your thoughts and and all that good stuff. Speaking of which, I want to go ahead and shift gears now. And you know we've been hinting at the fact that I know I had already mentioned your documentary, Beautiful Scars, in which we'll provide the link for people to check that out in the show notes. But the website is beautifulscars.info. Did I get that correct, Jamie? Correct. Beautifulscars.info yes. for the documentary. Yes. Awesome. I want to go ahead and talk about your book that shit called cancer. And I mean I I, I feel like I should, I should say the shush sound like that shit called cancer. And for our viewers who are watching us on YouTube, you can see the book that Jamie has here and I just I love the design the and the branding yeah. of it. I love how it's a cake at the front and then in the back it's like two cupcakes that, you know, Boomy. form a breast. <laughs> and then form boobs, it's a mess I love it. And um <laughs> I want to thank you personally, first and foremost, Jamie, for um, including me in your dedication. (laughs) This isn't the reason why you're on the show, but (laughs) I do. But I know early on, you had mentioned me in your acknowledgments, and it just meant a lot to me. I'll, I'll read it to our listeners in case anyone is curious. You know, Jamie says here, you know, thank you to Jen Amos for always hearing me vent about things that don't make sense to others. And for never judging me for them. It's true. Jamie and I talk about like anything and everything. Normally, things that I feel like people would probably look at her and be like, really, Jamie? Like, really? You're going to say those things? So, you know, thank you for just the opportunity to, I mean, first and foremost, you know, be your friend and to share this creative journey together. And so, part of why, you know, Nani and I wanted to bring you on our show is because for season four of the Filipino American Woman Project, we have, you know, based on all of the feedback and just, everything that we've worked on up until this point, we've come to realize that what we want to do moving forward is to really advocate for Filipina authorship. And so, you know, we ourselves aren't authors just yet. I mean, I guess kind of technically we are with our academic paper, PanayPodcasters.com, which you all can can check out. can we
0: still claim that title? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I guess we're technically authors. I mean, maybe because it's not formally published, like it's hard for us to say that. Uh, Jamie knows that I, I am actually working on a book right now that it's not necessarily like a memoir, but it, it's more financial. Stuff. It's, it's boring stuff for, <laughs> for my business outside of this. But we realized that we do a lot of storytelling on the show. And so it's like, well, why not feature people who are already telling their stories in a book form or in a video form and You know, of course, we already talked about you doing it through your documentary, Jamie, and now also being an author for the first book being That Shit Called Cancer. And I have a a copy of your children's book here, which is No Hair Mama Don't Care. And so let's talk about your first book, because your first book was basically to me, I, I read it as like a memoir about like your experience discovering like when you first, you know, were diagnosed with cancer and what your life had looked like for the handful of years following that diagnosis. And I do recall that you mentioned that a famous comedian (laughs) actually noticed your book. So so tell us a little bit about what was the reason for you to write this book to begin with? And yeah, let's start with that. What, What was the primary reason as to why you decided to write this book?
2: Actually, this book was written out of impulse. Because I wanted to do the traditional way of getting publisher and, you know, the the long route. But 2020, I had a death scare again during the pandemic. I had another major recurrence and I was admitted. And it was all last minute because I was doing a routine scan and I was having a hard time breathing. And from the routine scan itself, they told me like, you have to go to the ER now. And after that, I'm just like why oh my god and that's the peak of pandemic so I was waiting in the ER and then I've been hearing cold blue cold blue everywhere and I'm just like all right and then they told me the doctor came in and just got my info and said like do you have your will or anything in case I'm just oh my god like in my head I'm like all right so I guess this is it like am I dying soon and so I tried to just calm myself down but I was really panicking on the inside so I was admitted by myself. No one could visit. It's all videos because of the pandemic. And at that time, the medical team told me that we're, we're going to be performing some surgeries that are a bit critical—one in your left lung and one in your heart. So, and anything internal, especially the heart, is very dangerous. So, just be prepared, like if something happens. So, luckily, I made it. Like I woke up just so grateful i was so cold i remember that it was written in my book i woke up feeling very cold because they opened the bottom of my heart to to do a pericardial window and it was a very delicate surgery so everything needs to be cold in the room so no infection or whatever but so i woke up i was i felt like i died because i was just cold everywhere and they kept putting blankets all over me and and i was so high from my drug like the antibiotics the the anesthesia. So I really thought like, did I die? Like I'm, I'm just in this whole like funk of like, am I in heaven? Like what's going on? I'm cold. Am I dead? But I made it. And when I got out of the hospital, I just, because my doctor said, we're, you know, we did operate you just to, we're basically just taking out what's causing your difficulty in breathing, but we don't know if the cancer will come back. So basically the whole year of 2020, I was on observation. And there was no work in the library because of the COVID. So I was in, on quarantine by myself. And that's where I had the realization that, oh, my God, this could be my last year. And even my uncle prepared me for it. Like, it could be your last year if the, the medicine that we have right now doesn't work. I don't know what's going to happen. So just be prepared. And with the whole COVID scare, I really thought if I don't die from cancer, it's going to be COVID. So because I was immune compromised, so I was really like psyched that this is it. This could be the last year. And I said, like, oh, I don't have time to find a publisher. It takes like two years. I'm just going to write and do self-publish. So this is a pandemic baby, this book. I wrote it on isolation. So I was just typing away. And it's actually more like if you read the book now that I'm looking back, because I wrote it like a few years ago, there's still a lot of bitterness in the book. I said a lot of curse words. I really hate cancer and I was very open in the book about it. So my motivation was to leave a legacy, at least like one book, if I don't make it anymore in the coming years. And hopefully like this book will contribute to the research in the future because I did specify the drugs that I got and what treatment they did and everything. And I left some self-help tips every end of the chapter that worked for me. So I said, like, I, at least if I go, there's additional info about cancer for the future and for women who might, you know, find my coping mechanisms useful. So that's it. Like, that's my mentality is very short term. Like, oh, this is the best I could give, the best that I could do to leave something that could benefit. So... Yeah. So when I wrote it and then I didn't die and I had time to promote like the next year, I was just like, all right, that's what I kept telling people. Like I thought I was going to die, but I'm still here. So yeah, I'm here to promote it. <laughs> so yeah, like until now, I'm still looking at this book. I'm like, yeah, I didn't die because I really thought this is it. I, I really <laughs> thought this is the only legacy, like nothing else. Like Yeah. People will just
1: hear yeah. the
2: story of this woman who... Got real with cancer because everyone usually writes about like hopeful blah, blah. Again, the whole let's be nice and cancer is a lesson. I'm like no, like you have to at some point get mad. I think that's the reason why I keep fighting too, because you you have to at some point like feel that like no fuck it like I'm gonna I'm gonna thrive because if you're always like eh, it's it, you you need that fire in you to to keep going. So I think. That's why I chose this title, even if it's very controversial. And in the Philippines, they're having issues about it because of the S word. But to me, it's like, I'm not going to lie. You know, cancer is shit. It's hard. I'm calling the spade a spade. So, but if you read the inside of the book, there's a lot of lessons. So just don't judge the cover, thinking it's all, it's not a rant memoir. It's actually a reality of like what a metastatic breast cancer journey would be.
1: Yeah, definitely. I want to reference something from the book, but I want to check in with Nani first, see if you had any thoughts.
0: Yeah, well, I have not read the book. But again, I just appreciate how you're able to live through something like that and still find ways to reinvigorate yourself. Like you said, a lot of people might get stuck in the whole woe is me, like, you know, wanting to kind of sulk or wallow or feel bad about it or kind of sit in that and you are just like I refuse to live there you know if I'm going out now then I'm going to self publish this book and it's going to come out however it's going to come out and at least I know someone will find it helpful in the centuries that it lives on after I'm gone and then you know you didn't die and I love how you say that just so like <laughs> casually <laughs> you know but that is also a major like pivot point in your life because then your mindset probably changed too like oh well I'm still here. Let me write another yes. one. You know, like, what can I do now? And so you're constantly finding ways to just reinvigorate yourself after, you know, a big scare or a really bad time or a bad day or a bad treatment. And it's like, you know, how, what can I get out of this or what can I take out of this? Because it doesn't look like something is being handed to you in those moments, but there is, you know, and it's whatever you make it. And you are someone who, Really just leads with that kind of mindset. And I think that that has already clearly taken you so far, but only will continue to do so. <laughs> Thank you, Nanny.
2: Thank you. You said it yeah. perfectly. That's why when I showed the second book yesterday at the hospital with my nurses, they're all like, Didn't you just do a documentary? Now you did a second book. And then you said, You're writing your memoir. I'm like, Yeah. And they're like, Yeah. Girl, you're doing a lot. I'm like, I know. I'm like, you know this is it because I'm excited I'm still alive like I shouldn't be doing things like I should I'm just excited because I can still do it you know I'm still my mind is still okay I'm still functional so yeah might as well you know like I yeah I do what I can sometimes like too the much darkness and the stars. <laughs> sometimes too much I have to learn the balance too sometimes I get too and then I get so fatigued and I complain but yeah I'm in that curve now of learning to okay Jamie Let's reserve the energy, you know, like we're not always full battery. So but yeah, yeah, pretty much you said it.
1: Yeah. And I want to add that I think like part of the beauty of this is you get to be that representation in American society and even in the Philippines to be open about this. Like in the Philippines, they find the title controversial, but it has to be said. And I'm sure there's people who are like low key buying the book and it really resonates with them. And you're giving them permission to be angry. And then here in America, talking about your upcoming memoir, and I, I won't spill any details about that one. But you know, one thing you and I talked about offline is the lack of representation of Filipino American authors. And so this ties back to what Nani and I really want to push for for season four is advocating for authors like you. And so know that you have our support, and we're just so happy to kind of have you as like our first guinea pig in a way on our show <laughs> to talk about authorship. And this is really the next evolution of our show, Nani, right? Like just like yeah. we go from just the candid storytelling to actually talking to people like Jamie who have actually gone out of their way to, you know, self-publish or do a documentary like these pinai content creators here in America. And it's just truly an honor. And I hope that with our show, as we can be that platform to Get your story out there, get your book out there. I do want to reference something in your book because I did read your book from front to cover. And I have to say, it's actually an easy read. Like, if anyone is, you know, looking to sit down and kill some time for two to three hours or so, like, I found this very easy to read. And one thing I really liked, and this is the section where you're talking about winning affirmations, you talk a lot about surrender. And this really resonated with me. And I'll read a couple of lines here. So, in page 176, you say, Surrender can mean the act of letting go of things that you can't control and making the most of things that you can. The way that I see it now, surrendering is not about giving up on yourself or in life in general. Rather, it's about giving up on the idea that you know it all and that life will always turn out as planned. Because the truth is this, you can control the sails of your boat, but you can't control the direction of the wind. So you need to work with the gusts, All while adjusting your sales as you steer yourself towards the right direction. I really love this because I can relate to it in a way where being an entrepreneur and and pursuing entrepreneurship with Nani and and doing this show, we have very much a build as you go. It's like the thing that we can control is the fact that we can build. Like we cannot control if something gets destroyed, we can't control like external factors, but we can control our will to create things, you know? And so the whole theme of surrender for this winning affirmation really resonated with me.
0: Nani, you're hearing this for the first time. So I'm curious if it resonated with you in any way. It does. And it made me think of a quote, but it was something about um, that. I have the first part of it, which is no matter who you are or what you've been through, you're capable of growing. And so I think that that isn't a, it's a very simple line, but a very important point to note, because a lot of the times, you know, whether you're dealing with something like cancer or just kind of more regular everyday stresses in life, People can tend to again get stuck in that place and like want to live there in their pain and pity and trauma. And you don't have to be focused on success or achievement. It's really just about growth. And I think if we can prioritize that more, then we can learn how to develop better and healthier relationships with ourselves so that we can manage stressful situations like this in healthier ways when they come up. And I just feel like the whole theme of this conversation today is rebirth. Like The several iterations of it that Jamie has been through in her journey, you know, us starting back season four, interviewing Jamie on this show after going on, you know, such a hiatus and really changing the evolution of this show. Everything is just kind of being reborn right now, I feel like in this conversation. So I just wanted to state that and reiterate that no matter who you are or what you've been through, you are capable of growing. You always have a great way of wrapping up our
1: conversations.
0: Yes, <laughs> thank
1: you. <laughs> or summarizing no, them. The
2: words, I love it. You're just very You go. said it. Like I'm always. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you.
0: Thank you. You said it. Really. <laughs> I'm just paraphrasing. <laughs> yes, you're, you're a really good paraphraser. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Jamie, any follow up thoughts on what Nani and I have shared so far?
2: Yes, you guys nailed it. It's very interesting that you're focusing on how I'm growing, and I appreciate that. Because it's not easy to grow. People like to be stuck in their ways. And I've always been that kind of person that is always curious, always wondering what is this, why, and that. And, you know, I just love that you guys found value in my effort to just keep evolving and growing. Because, yeah, people sometimes always, you know, they always say, like, oh, you've changed. And, but in a negative light, like they just think you're different now. And, You're too cool for us or something. And I'm like, no, it's just, I want to grow it. I'm not judging anybody here. It's not for anyone. I just want to be a better person, the best that I could be. And a lot of people get intimidated with that. So I'm glad that with you guys, like you see the value in it, that I'm doing it not for vanity reasons, but because if I'm able to grow and be a better person, then I can share better, you know, I can influence better. So yeah, I hear what you're saying.
1: There's a phrase I heard before that said, you know, sometimes the people who help you get to your first level of success may not help you get to the next level of success. You know, you're going to have to find new people for that. And it's not to like dismiss or degrade anyone who has brought in us to a certain point. It's more about like, kind of honoring that journey, honoring that season that you had with that person. And recognizing that in order for you to grow, you do have to sometimes move on. And unfortunately, sometimes we do have to move on from people who have chosen to plateau or chosen to stay put in one place, chosen to not want to walk a similar path as you. And I think what I have come to love doing the show is interviewing incredible people like you who celebrate each other's growth, like your own growth, being unapologetic and proud of your growth. And also extending that to me, you know, like we get to celebrate each other. And I think that just makes for such a more vibrant life with surrounding yourself with people who intentionally want to grow and get better and all that. So again, this is not to speak ill of anyone who has not moved on with us or not has not continued with us. It's more about just recognizing that life is short. And and I know you can say that firsthand. Life is short. Yes. Life is short, therefore. Live it to the best of your ability. Live it to your fullest potential. Uh and hi, well, I Hero. the first hi, part Hero. of that,
0: but <laughs> Yo, um oh. Yeah, so not right now. This yeah, here's Hero. <laughs> hi Hero well, we got the same hair.
1: Oh my oh, gosh. You your, you, got, you, got, yay. Yay. you guys are total
2: twinsies. Oh, I love it. Hello, Hero. I love it. And, yeah.
1: Oh he's Hi Hero.
2: Oh, he's hilarious. He
1: he knows that we're looking at him. Like he smiles
0: when when he knows Hi Hero. Uh, no, he's definitely like <laughs> looking back at you guys.
2: Like
1: <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey yeah.
0: ladies.
1: <laughs> Hi. <laughs> well, it's great great to have you back, Hero, and I bet to our listeners who are watching this via YouTube. You might all be shocked to see how much Hero has grown in just a matter of months. Wow. He does not look like the same The same kid,
0: the same baby from when we ended season three. He was a few months ago. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) He's a flirt.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I can tell he's a flirt. You can tell. By the way, he smirks and like looks at the side of his eye and just likes to be in front of the camera. Like, oh my goodness. Just. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jamie, as we do come to a close here, speaking of which, speaking of kids, your most recent book that you recently released, and I have a copy here. Thank you so much for sending it to me and also your dedication. I'm not going to share it with everyone. I'm going to keep the dedication to myself. It's titled No Hair Mama, Don't Care, a cancer Story Book for little kids. And I love how in your bio, you were very transparent about, hey, I'm, I'm not a mom, but I'm an auntie and you know, I'm like a mom to other kids. And so tell us about that and what motivated you as someone who is known as the aunt for your best friends, kids and, and other people, you know, what compelled you to choose to write a book for kids?
2: It's because I really noticed that the kids get so shocked when they see the transition of adults, mm. either their mom, their aunt, like in my case, they just because, you know, kids are very curious and one day they will see me with long hair and then they will notice that I keep cutting my hair. So I have a reason to explain, oh, I'm just trying different looks. And then one day I show up bald and I'm a bit pale from my treatment. And they always have the strangest reactions. Like they just they just don't know what to make of it. Like they just look at you like, you know, I mean, adults can conceal or they ask questions. But for for a child, it's very disturbing in a way like in a funny way or especially if I take off my wig they get really like what like and they would look at the mom and they don't know if they're gonna get scared or cry or it's a joke like they just don't know how to react so I figured like oh maybe it's so nice to and working at the library I saw a lot of like children's books and I got the inspiration because there's so many little Children's books in the library, that's just a simple explanation about something. Like, why do you need to be a good friend? Like all these little things. And I said, like, wouldn't it be nice to have a book explaining to a little child what's gonna happen to you when you go through chemotherapy without being so technical and without being so sad? Like it's just an FYI. Like, you know, I mama went to the doctor and went home. And she said, he said that I have cancer. And what is cancer, mama? Oh, it's because of this. It's a very simple explanation, very easy to digest. Like instead of chemotherapy, you can use. Mama needs strong medicines that make her hair fall off, which is what I used in the book. So mm. that compelled me to write in a different light because I did some research in the library as well about books about cancer and it's all sad. It's all very the parent or whoever has cancer is so weak and they're preparing them for like a sad moment. And I'm like, no, no, not necessarily. I mean, I dedicated one page here where the mom was feeling weak just to show the reality. But the rest of the book is about her changing her looks, which see like when she shaved her head, I wanted to show that, oh, mama got bald, and um, she's explaining, like, why? And, you know, and then she asked, like, how do I look? And then the son said, you still look beautiful, mama. So I want the kids to learn how to compliment the mom instead of saying, oh, you don't have hair. So this will show that, see, Yanni told mama she still looks beautiful, even without the hair. So they can, like, copy and learn how to support mama. And then see, this is my favorite page of the book where you can see mama trying different wigs, hats and scarves, because this is where I saw my godchildren really give me the look like every time I would visit, I would be on a scarf one day and then one day I have a long hair and then one day I have a bobcat and they're just like, what's going They don't get it. So you have to explain that, oh, mama or tita or godma is only trying different looks and see what feels right you know she's looking for her new identity because she doesn't have hair now and it takes a while to find it so the kids don't feel like is this a freak show or what so yeah yeah so that's the idea and so far I've been getting really really good feedback I'm so happy Uh, yesterday actually when I was at the hospital one nurse saw the book and she browsed through it and then I didn't know that she just got out of a diagnosis and she has two young boys. And when she browsed through it, she just like closed it and started crying out of joy. And she just like hugged me and like, thank you. Like, just thank you. This is exactly how I feel, you know, like, because this is something I need. Like, I just want the kids to not get scared and like support me. And so I I just couldn't say anything. I just hugged her back and got her address and I said, I'll send you a copy. Don't worry. I'll sign it for you. So yeah, I mean, that's my vision here is just to help the moms and the moms at heart to explain in a very lighthearted, colorful, FYI way about like the changes that, that awaits when they go, specifically when they go through chemo, when they lose the hair and they feel weak once in a while and they try to experiment with different looks. Because again, like based on my experience, I noticed it's the physical that kind of weirds out the children because the moms will always fake the strength. Like they can always say, oh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm I'm just feeling weak, blah, blah, blah. But the physical, you can't really hide for a long time. Like what you're going to wear a wig the whole time. So they're going to discover that you don't have your hair and you're going to try different things. So I want them to just, yeah, to see it and understand and learn how to cheer mama on. Yeah. yeah. and Maybe just
0: reframe the conversation for them to one that isn't so like fear inducing, yes. you know, because I think, like you said, the physical changes scare them going to the doctor is like, Oh, mom, why are you going to the doctor? You know, something must be wrong. So there's already and then reading the books that are already out there, like you said, that paint this as like, they're preparing them for a sad moment is like,
2: Sorry.
0: Like, can you hear that? Hopefully not. <laughs> okay. Um our listeners
1: don't mind, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. But I just love that you're reframing it as like, you know, just a normal way of life. Just something that you have to adjust to a little bit to accommodate. But it's not, you know, scary or sad per se. It's just an experience. Yes. And you know, you're that same kind of message that your colleague gave you about learning how to just deal with the reality of it or live with, accept the reality of it. You're kind of transferring that same message through this book. Yes. Thank you, Nanny. Yes,
2: totally. Coming from a mom like you with a baby right now, it's, it's yes. You, I'm glad <laughs> to, to see it. <laughs> I'm
1: kidding. hero. Yes. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Hero, do you have anything to add? Hero, what do <laughs> you think? Yeah. I think mean, it's so it's
2: colorful. Nice. It's got all these nice colors yeah. and easy that. to read. See? And I put some Filipino elements in some page two to show that the creators are Filipinos. So.
1: Yes. I love that you did that oh. when you texted me about it. You're like, oh, can you spot some of the Filipino references? And I was like, know. I mean, for me, I, I definitely I was like, I'm kind of like skimming through the pages. I was like, I'm going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love that. That's kind of a good, good challenge for anyone that wants to, you know, see for certain that this was written by a Filipina author, uh, the designer as well. Well, Jamie, we made it. Wow. Talk about a, a conversation. It's been some time since Nadia and I have done an interview. So thank you for entertaining us. And we hope that you really shared everything you wanted to share in our conversation today. And in case people want to reach out to you and check out your documentary and check out your books or, you know, just uh, connect with you, how can they find you online? Go ahead and share, you know, your website, your socials, anything you want people to know to get a hold of you.
2: Sure. I think every link will be on my website. That's the easiest. www.jamiewins.com. It has a link to all my socials and the documentary information and the website as well as how to buy the books that I have and what my mission vision is and message box if you want to give me a hello a hi or just an idea or a possible collab or any inquiry so yeah I think that would be the best hub to just find everything so I hope you do visit my website I do write blogs as well once in a while and yeah it's very much updated i'm i'm very very much on top of the website so yes and i hope we connect on social media as well i'm very active creating instagram and facebook stories just documenting day to day stuff and doing lots of like inspirational videos and featuring some products and services that fit my lifestyle and my vision so yeah it would be great to connect guys so yeah hit me up please i would i would love to hear from you and please if you ever Uh, Do buy my book or have a copy. I would appreciate your honest feedback. Good or bad is always taken. That's why I call myself the Philippine author, producer, and talent in progress. Because I'm still very new with all these. And I welcome all of your comments and suggestions.
0: Yes. Can you drop your Instagram handle so everyone has
2: it? Sure. It's at Jamie, J-A-Y-M-E underscore wins. Like the winner, W-I-N-S. That's my Instagram. And for people who are curious, why transition? Because before I was Jamie Joaquin in the Philippines, the game show host. And then here I chose that uh, new artist name. It's because it's a self-reinforcement to just keep reminding myself that every single day I'm breathing and alive is a win. As simple as that. Like, I don't need an award. I wake up. I breathe. I have energy. I can function. I can make something. I win today. So, that's just to keep reminding myself.
0: Yes, a great mantra to end the show with. Yes, well done.
1: Great way to wrap it up, Jamie. Thank you so much again for joining us. Happy Filipino American History Month as well as uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I, I don't want to say Happy Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but I do want to I do want to say thank you for helping us recognize Breast Cancer Awareness Month for October. You're really the first person to have this thorough conversation with us and it's all perfect timing considering like I've mentioned a number of times like this is we're coming back here season four with a vengeance and uh, part of that is advocating for Filipina authors such as you so thank you so much and uh, to our listeners check out the show notes if you would like to get a hold of Jamie and with that said Jamie, Nani, Hero and I say goodbye and we'll chat with you in the next episode tune say in bye, next time
2: Bye say bye Hero <laughs> bye Bye, guys. Thank you, for
0: Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Filipino American Woman Project podcast show.
1: Do you want to continue to be part of the conversation? Then join our Discord community for free today. Check out the link in the show notes
0: to join us now. And don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter for the latest show updates and episode releases. The link is also available in the show notes.
1: Lastly, if you wish to support us on our journey, consider showing us some love on biasboba.com. That's
0: all for now. Chat with you next time.
1: Yay! (laughs)